thinking way too much and I'm like oh my gosh I'm a failure I've done nothing like I definitely have these thoughts where I'm like what am I even doing I have no idea or like feel like I'm not doing enough constantly as far as comparison goes I think I compare myself to this like idea of what I should be doing that doesn't even exist and it's like I'm put this weird pressure on myself at this age I have to do this and at this age I have to do this which is really unhealthy and like just not how not how you should like live your life Hello, and welcome to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. That clip you just heard was Kenzie Piper. She's a lifestyle vlogger, digital content creator, and podcaster. I know I've interviewed a few digital content creators before, but I thought it'd be interesting to hear from a young female lifestyle vlogger and full-time podcaster. So I've been doing this podcast as a fun passion project, so it was really great to hear how Kenzie got signed with a management team and how her podcast became another source of income for her. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode. I'm here with Kenzie Piper, also known as Kenzie Elizabeth. I actually found her through her podcast, I Love You So Much with Kenzie Elizabeth, where she interviews entrepreneurs, artists, influencers, experts, and thought leaders. I absolutely love her podcast, and I find that she really brings a refreshing and positive outlook to a diverse range of topics, from relationships to productivity to mental health. At only 22 years old, she's built not only a strong brand for herself, but created a large community of like-minded females, all with the goal to support one another. So, Kenzie, could you share your story? How did you get into content creation? Oh my gosh. Hi, guys. Um, It's so cool that you found me from my podcast. I've been hearing that so much more lately. Most people, because I've been on YouTube for forever, so most people just kind of transition from YouTube to podcast. But anyways, yeah, so my name is Kenzie. I live in both LA and Texas. I grew up in Texas. I went to high school here. I started my YouTube channel around, it was around my 16th birthday, so the summer going into my sophomore year. And I kind of took that entire summer to just focus a lot on my channel. I had one video end up kind of doing well back in the day. It had like over a million views or I actually need to look at the video. It had a lot, it got a lot of views. And so my channel kind of slowly grew from there. I've never been a channel that has just kind of taken off overnight by any means. I've had like very steady growth. Honestly, the past few years I haven't even really grown. Yeah. So I started on my YouTube channel. I was just doing lifestyle videos, very similar to what I still do today. And I ended up moving out to LA right before I was 17, kind of about to turn 18. I ended up graduating high school early. I moved to LA. It was a lot. There was a lot of factors. It wasn't just career that kind of went into my move to LA, but ultimately it was just kind of the right move for me at the time. So I was living in LA. I love LA. I was there for the past like four and a half years full time. And I kind of focused on my YouTube channel, went to college. I ended up starting my podcast about a year and a half ago, the I Love You So Much podcast, which I'd wanted to do. I probably started around three years ago. And then I finally got around to making the podcast. And so, yeah, I'm a like lifestyle podcast host. Nice. Yeah. And did you attend university? Yeah, I'm actually a senior in college right now. So I went online to a community college for my first year and a half, and then I ended up transferring. I'm essentially like, I go to Southeastern University, but I do it online. Okay, yeah. And why did you decide to go to university? Why don't you just focus all of your time on YouTube and podcasting? My parents really wanted me to go and get a degree. Actually, my dad really wanted me to get a degree. 
And honestly, I mean, I've always said I never want anything to be able to hold me back. And I had the means to go. I'm not someone who thinks that everyone needs to go to college, but I have the means to go. My schooling has actually been really inexpensive. And I personally have really liked the kind of break of when I first went and moved to LA, I was kind of miserable because I was doing school online and working from home all by myself. And then when I ended up transferring to SEU, I actually went to like a church college with it. So it was like half internship, half college. So I was really busy with that. So at that age, I really enjoyed having a nice breakup of the time. So it wasn't even necessarily for the degree. I honestly don't think I'll ever, I mean, it's hard to say I'll never use my degree. I'm obviously my degree. It's a bachelor's in business administration. I think I would have been okay without it. I liked honestly the experience of it and I didn't have the normal college experience by any means, but I liked the experience. I love learning And I don't know, I just didn't really see a real reason to not go. But if it would have been more like financially of a burden, if my schooling would have been a lot more expensive, or it would have really not worked with my schedule. Like, I I don't know, I never really had an interest in going to like a big four year school. I think that would have been more difficult. Yeah, right. And so how do you balance school vlogging and podcasting? I'm really good at time management. That's the one thing I'm actually like, I think is my biggest strength, which has really helped me with all of this. I also don't know what doing any of this is like without school. I've always had school to do. So it is definitely, it can get overwhelming for sure. But I think the benefit of it is that I'm able to like, you know, work my work schedule around school or whatever it might be. I, I think that my strength with time management has really helped me. I think that I'm really big on planning. I schedule out my days nonstop. I literally just made a new schedule today for what I'm going to do. But I have certain days of the week where I focus more on school and then certain days of the week where I focus more on YouTube and podcasts and stuff. My biggest thing too, on top of that, would be that I'm always like normally weeks ahead on things like my podcast. I'm normally, I have like eight episodes batched at any given time. And then I used to be really ahead on videos, but now that I do so many vlogs, it's just, it makes it a little bit easier because I don't have to sit down and film two days a week as much anymore as I used to. So it's kind of more on the go. You're going to make time for what things that you want to make time for. I think it's really easy to make the excuse to like, oh, I don't have any time. And like, you know, sometimes that is the case, but I think if you really care about something, you're going to make the time for it. Right. Yeah. So your YouTube channel is mostly vlogging. So do you find it weird that it's kind of like you are sharing your personal life and you're connecting with other humans, but it's also your business? So how do you like balance between that? Like you want to be authentic in your videos, but then you also need to show certain things because it is your main income, right? Yeah. Um, I think it isn't really that weird of a line for me because I feel like any company that I work with, anything that I do is something that I actually really like. So because I show, I think it's kind of the opposite for me because I show so much of my life, I'm able to work with so many different types of brands that would fit into my life. So I'm not going, like, obviously I turn down deals like all the time because I'm like, that doesn't fit. That doesn't make sense. Not something I'm about. Or I mean, there's a multitude of reasons as to why I wouldn't work with a brand, but I work with brands that kind of fit in. So since I share so much of my life, I actually think it's easier 
to not make it weird when it's like, this is like my, my life and I'm sharing this, but it's also a business. I think because there's so many different avenues to go, it actually isn't bad. And my viewers like also understand that. And they're never like, I don't really get comments of like, Oh, this is sponsored or whatever. Cause most of the time people actually like the sponsorship. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's starting to have so many like different influencers, YouTubers, podcasters out there. So how do you stand out? And also how do you deal with comparing with other people and self doubt? Um, I think actually it's funny that you're asking me this today. Normally, I think I don't struggle with this all the time. I think comparison, I don't necessarily struggle with comparison in the sense of like comparing to other people. But I think especially the past week, because we're all like quarantined and staying at home, I've just been a little bit off my routine, actually very big time off my routine. And so I think I've just been like a little bit more anxious and like thinking way too much. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I've done nothing. Like I definitely have these thoughts where I'm like, what am I even doing? I have no idea. Or like, feel like I'm not doing enough constantly. Um, as far as comparison goes, I think I compare myself to this like idea of what I should be doing that doesn't even exist. And it's like, I'm put this weird pressure on myself to be like, at this age, I have to do this. And at this age, I have to do this, which is really unhealthy. And like, just not how, not how you should like live your life. Even as far as self-doubt, like just everything that's kind of been going through my head in the past week, that is probably like once every four months. Like it's really not a constant thing that I deal with, but I noticed that I'm like, I'll see, okay, why am I feeling, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? Like, what am I doing to stop it? And so I think if I'm like on my routine and doing like my morning reading and I'm working out and I'm doing things, I'm feeling like my best self and I'm feeling good. Like I'm taking care of myself and I'm doing the best that I can. I love what I'm doing. And so then I'm less likely to kind of get on this like self doubt spiral and like comparison so for me personally I think it's more about like taking care of myself and making sure that I'm in a good place because as soon as I'm not in a good place it's a lot easier for me to kind of get on that end yeah and with everything going on like I'm very much a routine person as well so with everything going on yeah I don't have my routine I'm stuck at home so yeah do you have any advice for that do you reach out to other people like online through your community yeah I'm I do a few things so, um, I will like go on a walk. Sometimes I will talk to people in my life and be like, I'm feeling this way. I'm going crazy. Um, my friend Keaton is a really good friend of mine and she's someone I go to who I'm like, I am definitely have some friends that I will be like, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And I feel like I'm going a little bit crazy. The thing with my, with all of this too, is as I'm thinking it and saying it, I know that it isn't true. So I'm like, I don't really want to focus on this. So when I am feeling down, I think there's like two polar ends of what I will do. I will either go and kind of relax and just take the day off and be like, I'm not even going to think about it. I don't want to work. I'm not going to do any of that. I'm going to like spend time with myself, hang out with friends, just do whatever. And then I'm going to get back to it tomorrow and get back on my routine or I'll just go straight into my routine. Um, a lot of the time working out helps me all so freaking much. I talk about that all the time, but like if I'm feeling so like out of it and just crazy and really down at like 3 p.m. I'll just make myself go do like a little workout or go on a walk or something. And that makes me feel better. Um, but I'll either relax, I'll call a friend or I will just try to go like, right back into my routine because that tends to help me. Yeah, those are great tips. And just switching gears a bit to your podcast. So I see that you're now signed on with Dear Media. How did that work? Did they approach you or did you... Um, build a business case for them. So they actually developed my entire show. I've been with them since before I even had a podcast. 
My original plan was to create a podcast and then I was going to record it in seasons because at the time I was like, there's no way I have more time to do this. So I was going to take the summer to record like season one and then take a break and then report pre-record for season two and like kind of stay ahead so that I would be able to manage it because I'm able to manage things if it's like way far in advance. So I'm not as stressed out thinking it's going to be like a week, an upload next week. And I'm so glad that I didn't end up having to do that. I actually, I don't remember how I found out about Dear Media. At this time, keep in mind, like, I knew nothing about the podcast space. I didn't even know there were networks. I had no idea how it worked. Like, I was very familiar with the YouTube world, but the podcast world, I knew nothing about it. So I ended up finding Dear Media, and I honestly, like, I didn't know what they were. I was just so confused, but I was very interested. So I emailed them. Just to kind of have like a meeting of some sort. I honestly don't, I don't even remember what I said because I don't think I really knew what they did. I just needed to kind of learn more about the podcast space. And they emailed me back. We went, we had a few meetings. Um, and then they were like, okay, we want to develop the show. We like, basically they asked to sign me and then I signed my contract with them. So we ended up using a few of the episodes that I recorded before. But by the time I had signed with them and done all of that, um, I ended up just being able to like develop the show with them rather than kind of be on my own for a while and then hope to get signed with the network, which like helped me so freaking much. Basically what I wanted the podcast to be like two years in is what it started out before it was even live. So it was just really cool. Right. So can you walk me through your process of like prepping for a podcast guest? Like how do you find your guests? So I have a constant list. I have, um, especially now that I split my time between like Texas and LA And then we also have a studio in New York. So I tend to, um, now I have boards on Instagram. Like when you can save Instagram, like photos or something, I have certain boards for certain cities. Like I just went to Nashville, uh, two weeks ago and I recorded a bunch of guests there. So I batch recorded like six episodes while I was there for the weekend. But now I will be like, okay, these are guests I want in Dallas. These are guests I want in New York. These are guests I want in LA. And I'm kind of just constantly emailing people to just like get it on their radar. A lot of the time I'm like, hey, like, for example, let's say I'm planning to go to New York in May. I'm like, hey, I reach out. I have like my pitch email. I add why I want them in or on the podcast. And then I'm like, I'm actually in New York. I'm going to be recording because I don't record remotely. So that's like my biggest thing. It's like, I'll be there May 5th through 10th or whatever. Let me know if those dates would work for you, whatever. That's kind of the process. And then a lot of them, half of them, I would say I reach out to, and then half of people are like pitched to be on my podcast. There's as soon as I started a podcast, I didn't realize how often people pitch to be on a podcast. Like I didn't realize one, it was not big of a thing, but two, that that was like kind of normal in the world. Cause like in the YouTube world, you would never email someone to come on their YouTube channel. Like that's like kind of weird. So I was like, wait, what? And it's actually been kind of cool. Cause there's a lot of guests that I would have never known about had they not emailed me. So even from that, though, I think I pick like maybe 5% of people who pitch to be on it. So it really is a combination of like my list of people and reaching out and pitching yourself for them to come on and then people who pitch to me. Right. Really cool. So do you do the editing or do you have someone that does that for you? No, my producer handles like all of that basically. Okay. Yeah. And who's been one of your favorite guests? Obviously, you probably have multiple, but who's been maybe your top three? Um, we had Ali Webb of Dry Bar on, which is really cool. That's someone I really wanted from the start. Oh, Sophia Rossi. I love her. She produced The Hills, 
Yeah, she's like the best person ever. She's so freaking cool. She's just really dynamic, which I love in a person because it puts a lot much less pressure on you to feel like you have to know what you're going to do at 23 because she is constantly evolving and changing her career, which I really, really love. Honestly, a lot of the episodes that I've really loved have been with like my closest friends. I've ended up making close friends as well, like OK Sis and Lauren Elizabeth of Mood. Like I love them. We have a podcast episode going up, like all four of us. And then actually I was obsessed with Passion Planner for like five years. I still am. There's actually one sitting right in front of me. And so I had the CEO of Passion Planner on, which is, but honestly, overall, the episodes that people love the most from me are actually the ones with like my friends in real life. So all of my like close friends in LA that are not even on the internet who come on the episodes, like those are the ones that like are constantly referring back to or asking me to have them back on. It's just really funny. Like I'll have someone who has like millions and millions of followers, but people still want to hear the episodes with like me and my best friend Dom in LA. Like that's all they care about. No, yeah, because it feels like when I'm listening it listening to it, it feels like I'm there. It feels like it's more down to earth, if that makes sense. Because it's just like yeah. friends talking. Yeah. So I yeah, I really enjoy that. Um and do you have any mentors in the space? I wouldn't say I have mentors that would be like I'd ask them officially to be my mentor and we like get coffee or Skype or whatever once a week. Mm-hmm. But I think people that I really look up to in this space and trust, Dear Media is owned by Michael Bostick of the Skinny Confidential podcast. So I love them. I love what they've done. I love the variety of guests that they have on. And it's been actually cool to like be able to work with him. And then Paige Port, who also works for Dear Media, who, who signed me. I always joke, I'm like, I listen to them constantly because they really do have like my best interests at heart so I really enjoy like kind of having the relationships with them but also I learn from them and I listen to what they have to say because they are like further ahead and they know more than me I'm only 22 like not even from an age thing like their podcast is older than mine it's they've been around longer they know the space so I think probably them would be it but I wouldn't say I have I'm constantly learning people online but I wouldn't say I have people that I like sit down with regularly you know yeah so um where do you see yourself I guess with your brand your podcast or vlogging the next five years is this something that you want to continue doing or do you want to pivot careers yeah so I'm actually not really a five-year plan person because every time I have a plan if something else happens I end up typically being happy that my original plan didn't go through so I have obviously like goals and loose things right now yeah I definitely do want to keep what I'm doing already now like I don't want any of that to change um yeah I'm actually not really a huge five-year plan person I think I used to be and then when things went the complete opposite of how I had them planned I actually was a lot happier well yes I completely do plan on continuing with what I'm doing but like my job didn't even really exist 10 years ago. So like, I don't know what this space will look like in 10 years. I don't think it's going to disappear by any means, but I think that things are just going to transition and things will just look different. So basically what I'm doing now, I couldn't have told you like 10 years ago, you know, but I, with that being said, I really love Ashley Graham's podcast, pretty big deal. And I love how hers is kind of like talk show style as well. It's really real. I just like literally am obsessed with her. I would love for it to turn into something like that. I definitely want to tour. I have a lot of like brands that I would want to start in companies and stuff of ideas. So kind of narrowing that down. I definitely see myself as someone who like starts something, but I'm not like, that isn't like my number one thing I have to do right now. But like long-term, that's definitely what I see for myself. Yeah. 
especially with um, now at this age, do people ever like with partnerships and stuff, because you are still so young, does that, is that ever a factor or how do you learn how to deal and manage with like older people and people that are really well established in certain companies? I, I don't know how to describe this. When I started this, I was so young. So I was really naive in the best way. I was not that afraid and I didn't really think, oh, I'm younger than everyone else. Like I didn't have that fear until a little bit later on because I had this like naive innocence to me. Early on, I got signed with management, which really helped because I was able to kind of learn my worth business wise. Like I could, I learned like what my channel was worth or what a certain deal should be sold for or whatever that might be. But I think it was easier for me because I had management and they were able to kind of tell me that. I think before I had management, I was definitely selling deals for a lot less than I should have. A lot of that too, even if you don't have management, it's really helpful to just talk to friends around your size. We also started doing that and that was really helpful. But I've always had people who were definitely older than me, but kind of helping me in the space and managing me. So it wasn't, I don't think in until probably honestly the past year I've been like oh my gosh I'm so much younger than everyone I think things as you're kind of gearing up towards post-grad things get a little bit more real and up until then I think I was living in this like naive world and then I was like oh wait but I think because I've had management that kind of deals with a lot in the business side of things it's been really helpful because I haven't really I haven't always had to be the one negotiating for myself and have you had any setbacks or really big challenges that you faced and if so what were some of them and how did you deal with it One thing that comes to mind, I wanted to start my podcast probably a year and a half before I actually started it. And the reason that I didn't was because I was with a manager. We just were not the right fit for each other. He was just not my vibe. I probably wasn't his. At the time, I had all this merch and my brand was very much like choose to love. And like the emails, like he was just not kind. Like we just were not the right fit and I was with him for about a year and then I ended up finally being able to leave and I think that was a big setback because I let someone represent my business that like was doing so in the complete opposite way that like I was kind of like preaching online you know so I had and like this manager in particular like was great for other people I think it was just like we were not the right match for each other and I had literally I had brands like reaching out to me finding my personal email and being like hey Kinsey we just wanted to let you know like we really love you and we know for a fact you don't know this is going on but like we just wanted to show you these emails with your management like we wanted to work with you blah 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 like I made way less money as well which is less money to invest back into the business like overall it was just really bad but ultimately the worst part about it was that he was so against me starting a podcast because he's like you need to grow your numbers on youtube you need to do this you need to do that which i understand where he might be coming from but i also don't agree with that idea at all and i think if anything my podcast has really helped i ended up launching my podcast like literally the week that probably like four or five people I knew launched podcasts, kind of the first wave of everyone launching podcasts. So that was kind of unfortunate. I mean, it wasn't really the biggest deal. I do think everything works out for a reason. I'm glad it started at the time that it did. But I think I could have started a year and a half before that. And who knows where it would be had I not listened to him and let that kind of like push me back. So ultimately, I ended up leaving him. And then I was without a manager for about a year, which is actually really, really difficult, especially when you're a full-time college student. So that was hard. And then I finally found like my my management that I felt represented me. For me personally, it isn't all about like getting a brand deal in every single vlog. That's just not... It's, one, it's not like my goal. And two, it's not necessarily my vibe. I don't want it to just 
be like very transactional and very relational. So I needed management that kind of was also very relational, but also got the big picture. So I think I just ended up signing with someone to the, for the sake of signing with someone because I needed that I felt like I didn't have any time to deal with the business side, which at the time I really didn't, but it would have been worth it to just kind of work a little bit longer and a little bit harder and not have someone kind of like ruining my relationships with brands and just kind of like representing me in the wrong way. Yeah. And how do you measure your success with like your YouTube channel, your podcasting? And I think for me, it's a lot less about numbers and more about like a community that I've built. I think success, like for me personally, really is not found in like my job stuff, quote unquote. But if I'm looking at like a job success kind of point, it would be the community that I've built. Like I want that to be really tight knit and close and like people become friends with each other. And I'm actually building a community of people rather than just like followers online who aren't really going to transition with you into your next project or whatever you're going to do. So I think I've also been able to like kind of stay true to myself and I love like I truly love the vlogs that I make. I love the podcasts and stuff. So the community that I've been able to build and then also the fact that I actually love what I'm putting out and I don't feel like I'm putting it out for the sake of views or numbers or whatever that might be. And on that note, so what are like about three things that anyone starting in your industry, like what do they need to know? Like, do you have any advice for people that are want to start a YouTube or a podcast? Yeah, I think the first thing I would tell someone is don't do something for views because if you are ultimately... Like, let's say you're making videos that you don't like and don't reflect you, but you're gaining a following. So let's say you jump to a million overnight, but it's an audience of people for something that you don't even care about. That's not going to translate to if you one day are fed up with that and you want to make something totally outside the box. Like, let's say um, you make slime videos because those do really well, but really you want like an athletic athleisure wear brand. People who are following you for slime videos just because they did very well are not going to go to your athleisure brand because it's totally a different audience. So I think you really, it's cheesy, but you really do have to stay true to yourself. The second thing is I think a tight knit community of less followers online is a lot better. Like if let's say you have a hundred thousand really dedicated followers, that is a lot better than like a million that are not dedicated at all. One, from like the relationships you build and obviously the people, but two, like your conversion rate as far as deals go is going to be so low that you're not actually going to get the brands to work with you. You can make actually a lot more money with a more dedicated audience because you can prove that you can bring them more business. And then probably the third thing would be like, I think people look online and you see the people who blow up overnight like so quick and while that is great and sometimes that does work for people I think more often than not the faster you blow up the quicker you fall so I think being okay with where you're at and being content like like I said earlier in the episode I was not someone who blew up over time and I think when I was younger that maybe bothered me like a little bit more but I think like slow and steady runs the race. So because I didn't blow up, I have been able to kind of really like uh, engage with my audience and build relationships and stuff. So I think it's actually worked out a little bit better for me. But I think so often people go on YouTube and they get discouraged because they're not at like 100,000 subscribers in the first month. And that's just not how it works. Like you have to be patient. Right. Yeah. And just a last question to wrap things up. Just taking this from your podcast, what's been your best purchase in the last six months under $100? Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you asked. That's my favorite question. I'm currently wearing these slippers that came actually today. Uh, this morning, I woke up to a package. I got them on Amazon. They're the cutest like cross 
fluffy slippers and they were $45 and they're so freaking cute. They look so nice. And then I also found some, these are all linked to my Instagram. I also found some that were $23. So I ordered those to see if those are good as well. So it would definitely be these slippers because I'm literally going to be living in them for the next six months. I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. I'm going to check it out. I, lo- I live in slippers. So this is amazing. They're the best. You need to get some. Anyways, I want to thank you again for your time. This has been amazing chatting with you and I'm so excited to share this with my little community so people can check out your podcast and check out your videos as well thank you so much for having me and that was kenzie elizabeth if you're looking for a fun uplifting podcast to listen to definitely check out her podcast i love you so much with kenzie elizabeth don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and i would love to hear some feedback whether that's what you thought of an episode or who you think i should have on next thanks for listening